Hello and welcome to the How to Not Marry a Jerk podcast. This is a countercultural conversation about how to do relationships the biblical way. I hope in all that we say, you hear the loving voice of a father who's got a great future for you. My name is Nate Swanson. I'm the lead pastor at New City Church in Great Falls, Montana. I am joined by my beautiful wife, Rachel. Hey, it's me. Our church's youth pastor, Aaron Seibrand. Hello. And his amazing wife, Megan. Hey. Come on, let's dive into today's discussion. Hey, welcome back. Uh, it is episode eight, and guys, it is a special episode. Oh. Yeah. Anybody going to do a drum roll? No, we probably shouldn't. Oh, I don't remember what button it is. <laughs> Just try a button. See if you get it right. Do it. Aaron. Close yeah. enough. <laughs> it is our special Q&A episode. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Hey. The first of many. Um, we're, we're actually going to do... We're going to do 19 straight Q&A episodes. Ooh. This is the first one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to venture to answer one question yeah. each time. <laughs> It'll take us an hour and a half to answer that one question. Buckle up. Okay. Most of that is not true. The only thing that I said that is accurate is this is a Q&A episode. What did I say? Does I Q&A? Q&A'd Q &A. episode. <laughs> it's similar to Gatorade. <laughs> it is too late at night. We should not be recording this I right now. I have a feeling this is going to be goofy. It'll be a little bit goofy. A little bit dingy. <clears throat> we got a guest in the studio today. A say, silent guest. Say hi. A secret she admirer. She said hi. We call her. Her name's Heather. Heather. No last names. No last names. <laughs> but she's pretty cool. <laughs> she is. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm great. Good. Okay, so we are going to answer some questions eventually here. Do uh, you know how Aaron is? Aaron wanted to call this, what did you want to call this? Oh, late night questions. Late night questions. <laughs> After hours. After hours. I don't know. I'm not creative with this stuff. I, I usually like just it. ask chat GPT. I think it's fun. Ask chat GPT. What should we call a Q&A episode for our podcast <gasps> when we're recording yeah. late at night? Yeah. Uh, bonus points for alliteration. And tell her we're going to need that snappy. <laughs> we're well, while we're waiting on that, should you start off with? Yeah, our we did question? have some. Uh, we did have an intro. Um, Rachel, yeah. there were some questions <clears throat> tossed our way already. Yeah, and I think you collaborated with our producer. Is yeah. That right? Yep. Okay. So let me give you the first question: What are things that a true godly man will do to reveal pure intentions with dating, contrary to a man that puts up a Christian front? And according to Tom, our producer, he said, got his purity ring tattooed on. Oh. Yes. <laughs> okay. I think Nate hit the wrong button. Where's the applause? Where was the applause? There we go. Yeah. yeah good answer. Good answer. Okay. What is the line for showing a man that I'm interested while allowing him to pursue me? According to Tom... Listen up, ladies. It's three winks per year. <laughs> <laughs> Tom is Tom was full of answers. I like that they're succinct. We're gonna we're gonna blaze right through this. Okay. Actually, we might be able to do nineteen <laughs> episodes tonight. What is the balance between putting myself out there and focusing on myself? According to Tom, when you start selling essential oils, <laughs> it's time to find a man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. And if you're wondering, ladies, yeah, Tom's taken. <laughs> okay. Uh, how can we learn to be more content in the season of singleness while the world is constantly pushing the idea of pursuing new relationships? According to Tom, living in your mom's basement isn't as bad as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Tom spent some time in his mom's basement. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, Rochelle. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, as amazing as those answers were, uh, we, we might give some alternate answers a little bit later. Sure. I'm not sure if all of those questions will pop up again in this Q&A episode. Uh, we have had a lot of questions sent in. 
And so we're not going to try to answer them all in this episode. We will spread them out a little bit, uh, but these episodes will likely not be back to back. I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. We'll, we'll see, see how it goes. We never know. Yeah. We never know. Tom knows. And as we, as we record this, we are start, starting hours later than we typically do. So we are a little bit dingy. Um, That's we why don't... we call this one Midnight Musings. Oh. How does Ooh, that one? Is that okay. Late night qu- queries. Okay. That well, one's a little bit rough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could say some wrong things with that one. Okay. But what was the musies? What was it? <laughs> midnight, midnight Musings. Okay. It is not midnight, but it's might nine, as well 918. Midnight Musings. So what? I just... I just closed it. <laughs> what? What? Well, I wonder what Chat GPT could come up with if it was around nine o'clock. They knew it was around. 9:00. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me. Uh... Maybe nighttime newsies. <laughs> New, news around nine. News around nine. This is getting bad. Yeah, it is. Okay, let's move on. Maybe we could start with our questions. Maybe we should just pull a plug and start over. No. Okay, we're good enough. Quiet. Okay, yeah, Twilight talks. We're oh, ready okay. for okay. or right, the guys. evening exchange. Oh, okay. <laughs> The evening exchange sounds like we're doing a news segment. All right, all right. Like we'll be shaking right. on. We're it. gonna dive in for real. All yeah. right. So uh, these are some real questions. Our, our thanks to those who did send these in. And um, if you have sent in a question and it doesn't appear in this episode again, uh, it's not that we ignored it. Well, some some <laughs> some questions we ignored. Some uh, you might want to go back and listen to the rest of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, listen to other episodes besides yeah, this one. Those um, may answer your question. Well, let's go ahead and do this one, all right? Um, is flirting to convert wrong? Is flirting to convert wrong? I maybe mean, maybe we should clarify. Aaron, what's what your take? Convert? What does that mean? What's flirting to convert? I was, uh, I think Megan's got personal experience in this one. So oh, I thought, no, Megan, <laughs> no, I was like, what? Hi, Throwing Aaron. shade. No. Uh, do you, were you directing at me because you thought I had a good opinion or? No, I'm just asking like, what is flirting to convert? Oh, in case how to any define listeners that. are confused. Yeah. If you're not sure what that would mean, that would mean probably in the idea of you want to see somebody give their life to Jesus and you would be either willing to lead them on or misdirect their affection or heart towards you to get them to church or something like that. Or you are genuinely interested in them and they're not saved. You know, it's wrong. So you're willing to just kind of string them out there in the hopes that they would give their life to Jesus or pursue Jesus. So the idea is I'm a believer. There's somebody in my life who's not yet a follower of Christ. Yeah. Can I use the dating relationship to get them to Jesus? That's right. Okay. Yeah. I feel like when you phrase it that way and not the whole like funny flirt to convert it's like underlying theme is manipulation mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and like how do you base a relationship on that or the right. foundation of like how do you ever know if they're genuine right. like i think there's just many factors here where it's like you can't truly know if they do end up coming to christ like was it because of you and they're just like putting on a front and then once the ring is on they're they're out or i don't know i think it would be challenging and then yeah. the alternative is like they never want to come to Christ and you're now in a relationship with someone who you probably have some sort of attraction for. And now you're kind of looking at either compromising your religious beliefs or breaking it off. Yeah. I think in my thought, first of all, the Bible says to not be unequally yoked. So really what it's saying simply put is like being in a relationship with somebody that's not a believer. You're unequally unequally yoked one of you is of life and one of you is still of death Mm -hmm. and that just doesn't mix well uh in that relationship isn't going to draw good things out and then also the other side of this is i think you know you got to think you're starting a relationship based on manipulation (laughs) like probably not going to go super well all right let me throw out an arena where i think this could actually work out oh yeah i like it no 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 no. hear me out hear me out (laughs) what if there's a young lady and she's got a dude from work or wherever that just will not let up. She has no interest. She has no intention of getting involved with this guy. I think it actually could be a kind and maybe a strategic way to shake him off her trail by saying, hey, why don't you why don't you just come to church? Come check out my church. And she could tell other dudes at church, listen, this guy's going to come. Can you guys just try to befriend him? Try to kind of like get him into your circle and just try to reach out to him and help me, help, help me draw him toward Jesus rather than toward me with the intention that she's going to part ways and just let this dude who's 
semi stalkerish. <laughs> yeah. Get a different influence, influential group around him. I mean, I'm not so. Opposed. So it's not. It's not like her trying to get her way and like, oh, I kind of like the guy. I wonder if I could make it work. But it's like this guy will not take no for an answer. I'm just gonna like, not 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 brush the guy off and make him you know, whatever, sad, disillusioned, uh, totally turned off by this goody two shoes Christian girl. Instead. I'm actually going to make this an evangelistic thing and rely on my brothers in Christ, these other dudes in the church, to try to go after him and just on a platonic level, be a friend, get him saved, get him plugged in. I think that's the exception, not the norm. I just wanted to find an exception. Yeah, but uh, okay, we could we could dig into that and ruin this whole episode because in the reality of that, I don't think that catches the heart of flirt to convert because flirt. The way I would read that is she would be flirting to convert him. What you described did not sound like much of a relationship or a flirting. <laughs> it didn't sound like True. that. Hey, come to my church. <laughs> like hey, I'm that. not going to go on a date with you, but I will go to church with you. But you could come to my church. So that sounds like what you're saying program. is after nine, you're really grouchy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I don't think it. I don't think it encompasses the true understanding the connotation of flirting. Okay, let's move on. I was trying to make this fun, you guys. You're okay. dissecting this way too oh, much. I, oh. Listen, I was for the gray area. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Rachel, flirt to convert, yes or no? Speed uh, round. Into the mic. Too late. You took too long. All right. What if my family, question number two, mm-hmm. or, or nine if you include Tom's answers, what if my family doesn't like my boyfriend slash girlfriend? So the assumption here is they're already dating. They're in a specified relationship. Mom and dad aren't into this. Mm-hmm. Ask them why. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have good reasons. Yeah. Just don't ever have, just don't ever have the heart to be like, I don't even care. I'm going to continue on with this relationship because that's just not good. That's as romantic as that seems like us against the world. It's not romantic. Yeah. Um, so I think you start there, like, let's ask questions. Why? Cause you ultimately, you want your parents heart and you want your family yeah. involved in this. Yeah. Let's say even, even worst case scenario, like you're both serving Christ, you're following God, you're great together. Godly people around you are reaffirming this and saying, boy, this is great. And you're maybe your Christian, your, your parents don't follow Christ. They don't understand mm-hmm. your value system. Oh, sure. And they're like, this guy doesn't make enough money or this girl right. isn't whatever enough. And they're evaluating this w- with worldly, yeah. like carnal values. Yeah, definitely. I think let's even put it to that extreme. I think you still care about your family. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make your relationship with your parents worse. Mm-hmm. So slow down, ask some questions, yeah. show value for their input. But ultimately you've got to do what you believe is biblically right. Now yeah. flip that. If they're bringing up things that are legitimately like concerning for them, maybe from a biblical point of view, then, then you really want to slow your roll and make sure, mm-hmm. yeah, mom and dad are on board as much as possible. Yeah, I think <clears throat> in the world we live in today, it's easy to dismiss parents sometimes as like irrelevant or, or not understanding to the situation or the circumstance. Because if you're in the dating age, your parents genuinely did grow up in a totally different generation. We're talking mm-hmm. pre-internet, you know, a lot of different things. So you could see them as really their opinions as um, not, not not woke or not, <laughs> not uh, of today, not current. Yeah. Um, but I think there's there's a special place. I mean, the Bible, if we want to bring the Bible on this, you know, it says that we should obey our mom and dad yeah. and that'll give us a long life, yeah. you know? And so I think there's just so much wisdom in listening to our parents even, and it doesn't say if they're Christians yeah. that you should obey them. Honor them. It says if they're your mom and dad. So I would say I've given this advice in the past. Um, there was a, a young man at our church years ago who was serving God. It, it was a great scenario. The girl's serving God, the guy's serving God, they're doing well, they're they're taking the right steps, they've got affirmation around them from godly people they they know. At the time, neither of their parents were serving Christ, neither were in church, totally evaluating this weird. And it came to the point where he knew he was gonna propose. And he's like, What do I what do I do if I ask her dad for his permission? And he denies it. Ooh. And I said, I wouldn't ask him for your, his permission. 
because you have permission from the people that you believe are giving you godly counsel. I I would tell him, this is our plan. This is my plan to propose to your daughter. And I believe she will say yes. We'd like to ask for your blessing. Oh, yeah. So you're not putting yourself in a position where you're creating a problem. Because most men these days are not actually expecting a man to get permission to propose. So don't put him in a position where he's like, hey, okay, I got the power to stop this. I think I will. (laughs) Because he he probably wouldn't take that liberty if you didn't give it to him. Yeah. That's good. Good advice. Okay. Boom. Another question. Mm -hmm. Guys, we're just firing right through these. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. We're doing good. That either means we're really really irrelevant or really shallow or, or we're just cruising. They're good. It's good. Good, 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 good. <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> when do I tell my boyfriend or girlfriend about my raunchy past? Mm. <laughs> That's not the noise I expected, if I'm on. <laughs> Which one did you want? <laughs> my raunchy past. <laughs> Uh, All right, so just so you know, <laughs> the the audience didn't get to see Aaron got a little spittle on his, himself. I'm sorry, there, microphone. My road trip passed. <laughs> All right, so here's the idea. Then, like, um, you're you're both serving God, you're doing well, but you got a past, mm-hmm. and you know, based on. All that you've learned in following Christ, that your past, parts of it come with you. It affects your viewpoint, um, your your uh, level of insecurity, maybe yeah. your your enjoyment of intimacy in the future. So somebody that you're going to maybe attach your life to, they're going to inherit the ramifications of your past, right? Yeah. I want to say a little like, uh-oh, because you probably should have brought it up sooner. I think sooner oh. is better than later, because we did go over this Maybe in the first episode, right? Yeah. Second one. But maybe? like how much detail? Because I feel like yeah. when we started dating, I he did bring it up in the first date, I want to say. But it was like, hey, this is like the outline mm-hmm. of it. And it wasn't like this person's name and this person's name. And so then it's like, but I think that's, I think that's personal to certain people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's really relevant or helpful to know sure. details, but I think it's just valuable to know from the get-go, hey, I have gone this far with people or you know, or whatever. If you need to bring numbers to the table, fine. Yeah. Sure. But I think it's valuable to know the outline of it and then as you progress in the relationship or even if you're in engagement, premarital counseling, then you can get into the details of mm-hmm. like, okay, this is how this actually affects intimacy in a marriage. Right. Do you think it's like safe to say like once you know you're progressing towards marriage, like this is definite, like our next step is to get engaged. Do you think that's a good time to yeah. get more in depth? I think I'm trying to remember what episode it is. We talked about like getting to know somebody in the safety of groups in the safety mm-hmm. of serving in those things. And then I think when you're ready to move from the pro- the, the season of getting to know you to I want to pursue you mm-hmm. in those things because I think in bringing that you're actually getting the liberty to pursue them with the knowledge of where you're at and, and right. those things and stuff. So I think at that point when you're like, okay, we're ready to, to make this a thing before we commit and make that, let, let's get some clarity on those things. And I think I agree with Megan. It might come out in different seasons in more detail or questions might come and there's wisdom in how you do this and approach it. And how you even share, because you don't want to bring comparison into it. You don't want to bring fear into it. But you do want to communicate and be honest with them so yeah. that they can understand that. Well, so. I think you don't want to awaken something in your your right. new relationship. If, you know, you share, oh, this is what I've done with all these mm-hmm. people. And your new boyfriend's and like, And I was oh, awesome. Well, maybe we could take this a step further. Or it, yeah. it creates temptation in their minds. Right. So I think you have to evaluate, like, where are they at? And guard your heart and guard theirs. And so I think it's sometimes, depending on the person and their past, it might be done better in a premarital session because then the pastor or the person doing your counseling can kind of help you navigate, yeah, that's a good to share. Let's hold off on that for this time frame now. Yeah. This is one of those questions that is honestly difficult to answer generally and broadly. Mm-hmm. It's it's better when you have somebody kind of walking alongside you in this yeah. process. When you have a small group leader, a mentor, older brother or sister in Christ who 
who just knows more of what you've traveled through and how it currently has or does not have a grip on you. Mm -hmm. And they'll be able to kind of help you sort through what, what is the appropriate time and way and, and to what degree should you share the details? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I think in broad strokes, I think a few things here have been helpful. One that I would like to lean into a little bit more. We've talked a lot about the value of uh, knowing what a person's known for by not launching into a relationship with somebody you don't know well. Mm -hmm. So depending, obviously, on the size of the church, if you've been around one another, like Aaron said, like in group settings, you've been like kind of in one another's circle for a while, one of the really beneficial byproducts is by the time you actually start to actually take steps toward a relationship, you probably already know one another's testimony a bit. You probably already know broad strokes. And so mm -hmm. you're probably not going to be dropping a major A-bomb by, <laughs> by confessing some things if you've actually done this in the proper way at the proper pace. Um, that being said, if, if, if maybe, you know, there's a lot of detail to your story that you would just never be comfortable sharing in a, in a testimony with a, with a small group or with the church, then, then that is where you need that guidance from, from, from somebody who can maybe tell you the, the right time, the right place, um, to be able to go into more detail. I, I would say, I think there's a lot of wisdom when you start to confess some things, there's wisdom in being transparent and being willing to be vulnerable and transparent while at the same time cautioning the person, essentially telling them, I'm willing to answer any question you have. Yeah, that's right. And I'm willing to go into detail, but I think you have to honestly evaluate how much do you want to know and how much detail do you want to know? You know, yeah. like if I, I mean, just, I'll just give a simple example. Like if you, if you had a long ongoing whatever with somebody at like, you know, we, we always met at this hotel at this place and like, and your girlfriend <laughs> works right across the street from that hotel and she has to pass that hotel every single day. Like that's probably not something that she's going to love knowing. Mm -hmm. So I, again, I think the idea would be, I'd be glad to tell you anything if, if we're at that place in our relationship where, where details are really important to you, but you may not want to know the answers. And so I think it has to be a thing. Maybe even you tell them, um, you know, would you mind taking a break from like, like, like this conversation, talk to, you know, your mentor, talk to, you know, your circle and even get their input on how much yeah. detail you need to know. Yep. That's good. Um, I know for me, if that were the case, like if uh, it was like, I think I would feel like I don't need to know all the details, but I would like you to talk to somebody about the details because I think that that is important. Yeah, sure. So you're not like hiding things away and you have a, a little bit more accountability. In case the guy's just thrown up, I'll, uh, I'll tell you all the details you want as a smoke screen. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> or whatever. I'm an open book. Right. Like every time I go to Billings, I hook up with this lady or whatever. Sure. Lady, like she's 50. Oh, <laughs> 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 gross. No offense to you 50 year olds. Jeez, Some 50 year olds Megan. are very attractive. Yeah, Megan. it's true. Yeah. And the guy we're talking about is 43, so it's not that <laughs> Okay, terrible. well, when you Come put on. it into that, I guess it's. <laughs> okay. That's embarrassing for you, Megan. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was my reaction. It was genuine. Reflecting on what you've heard? Consider sending us your questions. When you email podcast at newcity.church, your feedback could shape one of our future episodes. It's a simple way to keep the podcast relational and relevant for you. Um, here's, here's a new question. This is a bit of a change of pace here. Okay. Um, oh. Do you think the church glorifies marriage and should they? Yes and yes. Do you think the church glorifies marriage and should they? So I think that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm trying to read, I think it's a Preston Sprinkle book we read and I don't, uh, oh, yeah. and he talks People about the idea of it. how the world has glorified marriage and that has actually played into some of the same 
sex things of how they have to have marriage and how they have to have things. And it's gotten away from the core value of what more marriage really was, which was this covenant that God gave us between man and woman. And I think, yeah, it's glorified in the church in ways, but it's also very glorified in the world. I mean, we have TV shows called Bridezilla and Groomzilla and things that are like, you know, these expectations. Is there really a Groomzilla Oh yeah, sure. All right. I, I think it's in uh, Bridezilla, I mean, the bachelor, and they just like the have. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's dating. That's glorifying. They are. They're supposed to get married. That's the point of it. That's oh, true. Yeah. The, um, I don't watch I'm any of those shows. Dance. Anyways, Megan and I watch them every day. <laughs> that's just surprising kidding. to me. Uh, but anyways, I think it is glorified, and I think there is a healthy way to approach marriage. and And we've kind of talked about that in one of the episodes where we talked specifically about marriage. Your marriage doesn't have to be this big, grand experience where you know you spend forty thousand dollars and all the, of the, the wedding. The wedding, yeah. Excuse me. Um, so okay, let me backtrack a little. Oh uh, yeah, maybe I was kind of thrown there. Yeah, that. wait, I was going to ask a question. Hold, was, hold on, really quick. I was thrown because I. I think I was confused by what you were saying because I don't think the world does glorify marriage. Were yeah. you meaning they glorify the wedding? Yeah, I was thinking more of the oh, wedding. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Oh, the wedding. So this is why it's Twilight Talks. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight Talks with Aaron. <laughs> What's that perfect that sound? Perfect. Yeah, I might actually be starting a second podcast. You can look for that coming up <laughs> in a few years. So I feel like you could take this question two ways one being um like is it like oh the end goal is marriage like that's where we gotta go or and we're not like embracing singlehood enough Mm. um or is it like yeah like initially i said yes of course because we do celebrate marriage and we do honor marriage and we do think it's a big deal to be married but i think it's equally as important to really embrace the time of singlehood. So I don't know yeah, which great. which avenue we're kind of taking this in. You weren't listening. No, I was. Oh. <laughs> but you, you ended with a statement. <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if we're looking at the Bible, in Hebrews 13, 4, it says, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. So there is a special, according to Ephesians 5, and there's other places in, in Scripture that, that make this clear, I believe marriage is a unique relationship, yeah. and it is set apart in Scripture as a unique relationship, as an honorable relationship, as a special relationship, because it's representative of Christ's connection with his church. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, uh, the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the Corinthians, he made it clear, if you can stay single, yeah. stay single. Right. Uh, if if you don't have the gift of celibacy, then man, don't burn with lust your whole life. Get get married what so that you're not sinning. Celibacy. Okay. Sorry. What is the gift of celibacy? So the so gift of celibacy might. would be like you know what? I really don't need. I, like I am not driven by sexual attraction. I, I can totally. You know, I might have thoughts or urges, but I'm totally fine serving God single. And the Apostle Paul said, if you do that, you have unique focus on just serving God. He's like, when you get married, you got to worry about a spouse. When you have kids, you got to worry about kids, you know? So he says, there's an advantage to being single. I think one of the reasons that um, beyond just what the Bible calls out as it is a special relationship, it's unique, it ought to be honored. I think one of the reasons it gets celebrated so much is because people in the church who often have a platform to speak, to encourage, to equip, Oftentimes, they are in leadership, and if they're in leadership, one of the standards for leadership is you should actually have a healthy marriage. And so I think when you have a healthy marriage, you celebrate a healthy marriage. You want everybody yeah. to have a healthy marriage. You know, yeah. when I, when I have, uh, when I love the car that I bought, you know, if I, you know, watch a certain show, when anything I'm excited about, I'm going to, I'm going to share that and I'm going to promote that. And if it's something as personal and intimate and, and beautiful and special as marriage, then I want everyone to have that. Yeah. And so I think there are times when, when those who have a platform for ministry, because they have a healthy marriage, they're going to end up pushing that probably more than the idea of being single, uh, because that's where they're at. They're, you know, I'm, I guess I'm kind of overlooking our Catholic brethren. <laughs> I literally was thinking about him. 
<laughs> but but I would say I think that's one of the reasons. If you're if you're single and you're listening to this and you're thinking like I want to be single, then I'd say I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. But <laughs> maybe to help a friend. Maybe to help a friend. Um, well, maybe they just need clarity on it. Yeah, maybe yeah. they do. Maybe they do. And uh, if you are thinking, geez, I, maybe I should be single. That man, by all means, go for it. That's great. Don't let us discourage you. Um, I think. If, if you're not careful, though, what you could be over-examining is a really, really positive thing in the church, and you might be taking it wrong because may, you might be discontent with just the single season that you're in, yeah. Yeah. or you could actually feel legitimately called to stay single, and and you're wondering why you don't have enough voices cheering you on. So uh, read through 1 Corinthians, and uh, you'll, find, you'll find a voice there. You'll find the mm-hmm. Apostle Paul, and I'm sure there's another podcast on sure, how to sure stay single is. and not be a jerk or something like <laughs> Maybe that. Maybe we'll look into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think at times the church has probably used marriage for the wrong intentions um, when it comes to like purity or something. Like they've used marriage as the end goal for purity. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people, especially probably in my generation who were raised in the church in purity culture can look at marriage as Oh, it's a, it was supposed to be this end all be all for, you know, sexual purity and either they failed in that and they're disillusioned or they have a terrible marriage or whatever. It's not what they thought it was. And so I think at times, like I'm sure the church has glorified it incorrectly and got and missed yeah. the mark on it. But yeah. what area of culture have they done? Yeah. Like that's that's all of the church. The church is flawed. It's always going to have struggles and need to course correct on certain Mm -hmm. thoughts or viewpoints. Um, But the other point I was going to make is that I think a lot of times um, people who are single don't often give enough attention in the Bible to like the platonic covenant relationships Mm -hmm. that are there. Like there are Mm -hmm. a lot of platonic covenant friendships that are same sex represented in the Bible that I think need to be emphasized in the season of singleness. Yeah. Um, Some good ones would be like Moses. I was to say David and Jonathan. Yeah. 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 Who are you going to say? <laughs> Moses, Moses and, uh, and Joshua. And I think yeah. like Paul and Barnabas. And mm-hmm. so I think that ended poorly. <laughs> it did. <laughs> true. So did. Jonathan died. So I mean, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that maybe, didn't end well either. Maybe don't find a friend. Uh, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eventually die, honey. Oh, man. Find, find a good friend. This is a good ending to the podcast, huh? <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should just end here. Well, I think Heather thinks it's over. She's leaving. Oh, bye, Heather. She's out of here. We lost her. her. So want a friend. <laughs> okay, so I I want to go back to something. So you were speaking about purity culture, and I've picked up this negative vibe toward purity culture. Tell me more about that because I think there's a lot of really healthy Uh-oh. things that are being flushed away with any negative perceptions Uh-oh. of purity culture, and that it, concerns me. This is a big can of worms. I do think this is a long topic. This is a long topic. I think, okay, I think... Maybe you should define what is purity culture. What I'm defining as purity culture is the age of like the 90s and early 2000s where people were like true love weights. They were doing purity pledges. There was purity rings. And there was this underlying theme of like, we are going to save ourselves for marriage. Like that was like a movement. Of, what a bunch of crap, right? <laughs> it was like a movement of that time frame in that generation. And I think out of it, I think whenever you have something that is inherently good, like purity is obviously a good thing. Yeah. Like we should be pursuing that. Um, but I think from my experience of how I was taught that was... Um, that purity, it ends with marriage. Like your goal is to get to marriage to be pure for your spouse. And if you're not pure, when you get to marriage, like, oh, that really sucks. Like literally the analogy done in my youth ministry was um, they had a clear water bottle, like a, oh, pl- God, I was hoping you were- a plastic water bottle that was like, this is bottled water. If it's like 90 degrees out and you are just so tired and ready to take a good drink of water. Like, would you want this? Like you've been mowing the lawn, you've been working hard. Would you want a water? Like just a a normal bottle of water. Is it Fiji water? And it's like, yeah, of course you'd want that. They're like, well, what if we put like dirt in it and like (laughs) spit in it? Like, would you still want it? And it's like, 
no. And it's like, if you do anything, you know, sexually impure, that's what you'll be like. You'll be like this, this filthy water. Who wants, who wants a dirty water bottle? Yeah. And I think, I think that's where the, the message aired is that who would ever want this dirty water bottle? Right. Or there's and a the lot message of aired like that. marriage or purity ends with marriage. Because mm-hmm. I think I that was definitely what I was bought into. It was like, great, now I'm married. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And there, I don't think... <laughs> Aaron. This explains so much. <laughs> Does it? Let me clarify. I can do whatever I want with my husband. But when I got married, I didn't realize, oh, I still have to like still maintain purity in other ways and yeah, Yeah. guard my heart and guard my eyes and not be, you know, watching raunchy stuff. And so I think that's where the idea of purity culture came from is that time frame where it was so overemphasized and pushed in ways that became very like sacrilegious and very much like we're going to just check boxes and like, I have my purity ring, but you know what? Like, I mean, I knew lots of people that had purity rings and were <laughs> sleeping around. And so it's like it became this symbol and icon of what? Like just a facade. And so I think a lot of people were hurt by it in the end yeah. because it promised this wonderful marriage that you've kept yourself pure. And then in the end, that's that's not what happened. Yeah. So that's where I think the negative con- connotations have happened. I do think the pendulum swung so far to the other side and now it's coming back to the middle of like, okay, let's take the good things from that, extract it and leave behind some of the more legalistic, sacrilegious tendencies that that movement brought. Fun fact, um, I lost my purity necklace and realized as soon as we got married that it was missing. Oh, well. Wait a second. Did you Good take timing. it? I did. I, I took it. I, <laughs> I melted it down oh, in, a, it in a homemade crucible. It was in genuinely garage. a very beautiful necklace. Yeah. Diamond. Wow. I know. It was nice. We could have sold that. Yeah. Thank you. You would not have been that. eating would, as much ramen. I would totally wear it. But I, okay. So Megan and I have had this conversation before, and it's interesting. My view of purity culture growing up was way more based on grace. And I like every time people would talk about it, I was like, I don't understand why people are being so grouchy about this. There was like a disconnect. And I think, I A, I never got that analogy, like the analogy of the water bottle. Or another one I've heard is that they would send a rose around the room and every... And what I heard is it was in a room full of girls. And they'd have them take a petal off and at the end the leader would hold up the rose and say, who would want this? I'm like, oh my gosh, can you imagine if you're sitting in that room yeah. and you something had happened to you or you had already gone too far, you would just go ahead and go all the way or whatever. Like you'd throw right. caution to the wind and give up on all of that. Um, but I feel like in my upbringing, it was way more like we love Jesus and this is why we do this. And I think I constantly was told, like, marriage is going to be work. It's not like you just get married and then it's awesome and it's forever. Like, it's going to take work and um, and that God will forgive your sins. And that's not an excuse to have sin in your life, but God's grace is so big and so endless. And um, yeah, so I, I would say that my purity culture... Um, version was way more on the positive side than Megan's takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it sounds like probably it's a culture thing, right? Like I think, well, I, we, we've talked about, um, oh man, geez, do I even throw this out? Okay. So like living in the tree of life versus mm-hmm. living in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And there's two ways you can approach things and like your culture as a church, as a believer, you can see two believers side by side and maybe they're avoiding this. Aaron looks like he is really fading. <laughs> oh, no, I was really enjoying this conversation. Oh, no, no, you look like you're about to fall asleep. You're going to hear this. I'm enjoying this so much. It's putting me to sleep. So you could have two believers side by side and they could have like on the surface, it looks like they could have similar patterns, similar, similar hobbies. They're avoiding certain movies. They're watching certain movies. They're avoiding certain whatever. And, and one can just seem like, 
whatever, you know, self-righteous and a downer and judgmental. And the other one can seem joyful and exuberant and encouraging and generous. And it really comes all down to like the motivation for why they do what Mm -hmm. they do. And it seems to me like purity culture was a great thing that got twisted in some bad church culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And there were some churches where no matter what truth they might've been presenting, whether it was tithing or serving in ministry or sharing your faith, no matter what truth they might've been emphasizing, it could have been coming across like you don't measure up. You're not good enough. You're not proving yourself. You're not whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think what's sad is a really legit message can be, can be neglected by a young generation that doesn't understand how to live in the tree of life, how to actually like embrace something because of grace. And and at the same time, recognize, oh, no, it actually is the love of God that teaches us to say no. It is the grace of God, I should say, mm-hmm. yeah. that teaches us to say no to sin. And so I do say no to sin. I do avoid sin. It's not because I'm earning my way, yeah. but because I'm grateful for the way that God has made for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I think with purity culture, for me, it was like the whole message was, you know, be pure for so you can have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is such a small sliver mm-hmm. of the yeah. message. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it honestly, when you're 17, you're not thinking like, oh, this is going to wreck my marriage one day. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think a a better message, a more well-rounded message is be pure because God is pure and he's holy right. and he's called you to that. Right. And that should be the standard. Well, and he's you. enabled you to, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like he, it's not a... It's not like this this curse you have to live with. It's a liberty you live within. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have to bow to the perversion of this world and buy into the lies of this right. world that say that that's my road to fulfillment. I know there's a different path toward toward real true joy yeah. with yeah. or without a spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was just really, um, really disillusioning at some point when I got married to realize a lot of the truths that I had based my purity on didn't really even matter at the end of the day. Like what happens when you, you have saved yourself, but you marry somebody that didn't. Yeah. So then it's like, well, you bought, you told me this whole lie of like, if Mm -hmm. I do this, I'll have a banging marriage. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Now we have some baggage and that's not the case. Um, So I think it was at times disillusioning to me to like have to work through those, those truths and air quotes, I say, because they weren't, they weren't a full representation of the Bible. They weren't a full representation of the truth. And I had to go back and relearn like, no, this is actually what this means and why I should be doing it. Right. Yeah. I think you have a call on your life and God has a plan for your life. And when you put those things into your life, it just, it like messes up the plan that God has for you. Like it, you're not who God's called you to be when you have just sin in your life. You can't do the things that God's called you to do when you have sin in your life. So keep your heart pure, keep your mind pure, keep your thoughts pure, keep your actions pure, like, and watch God work through you. Yeah. I'm sure we'll come back to this in other episodes, whether it's a Q and a episode or, or just some of our other planned discussions. But so for those listening, you know, if you're looking back and you've got some scar tissue and you made some like maybe maybe live for years without even knowing Christ and you racked up a lot of regret or even in the in your attempt to know Christ and to follow Christ, you've you've still you've you've given into temptation. You've given in not just even momentarily, but habitually. You've got to hear that that does have ramifications on marriage. We're not going to lie about that. We are going to talk about how you can course correct and what you do to rebuild the trust and, and, and anything else that has been lost. But you've got to hear this, that, that every marriage is going to have its struggles. It's all going to have challenges. And the only hope for any life and relationship to be fulfilled is in the grace of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. not in our own perfect performance, because yeah. none of us have met that standard, but it's in the grace of Christ. And and it really is a matter of like, God has so much more for you. Yeah. And so if you've, if you've been approaching this from the standpoint of like, I've got to clean myself up and I've got to prove to God that I'm worthy and I need to prove to God that I'm this or that or whatever, you're... you're 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 stuck with a religious mindset that we want to help you get out of. If we can say this so briefly, when Jesus said in, in John 15, he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Yeah. He wasn't saying, prove how much you love me by yeah. obeying me. He was saying, when you make love your emphasis, 
just love me, just know me, just lean into me. It's going to be so much easier to obey Right. Mm-hmm. when you yeah. just simply love him and you allow him to love you. Uh, our problem is not that we don't love God enough. It's that we don't realize how much he loves us mm-hmm. and we realize how good his plan is for us. So, man, I hope you can hear this with, yeah. with uh, uh, the tone of grace and the tone of hope and the tone of joy for a new beginning. We get to be different. That is the gift of repentance. We get to have our eyes opened. We get to, to, to learn truth. We get to leave deception behind, uh, scar tissue, wrong living. We get to leave all that behind, and we get to start fresh because of the grace of Christ. First mm-hmm. John 1.9 says, If we confess our sin to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to purify us from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. So man, if you need to hear this today, I'm glad you get to hear it from us. Yeah. Uh, we're honored to be able to share this with you in the middle of one of our worst quirky, totally distracted episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you found some grace. Yeah. yeah. I, I will mention briefly, first Corinthians seven uh, is the chapter I was referring to in case you're thinking, man, what, if, what if I do stay single? First Corinthians seven is the chapter where the apostle Paul encourages people, man, if you can do that, do it. Cause you'll be able to serve God with focus and you won't have a husband or a wife dragging your attention away from Jesus. Tell me about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm kidding. Uh, I love you. Any last thoughts? Should we should we close this off or should we go to a super fire round for um ooh. Oh man. Oh, I want to read one of these questions. What? Just read it. Let's do a quick response. All right. And super fast it. response. Super fast. Why is it important to go through, pre- through pre-marriage counseling before you get married? Why is it important to go through pre-marriage counseling before you get married? Uh, we do a program called Symbis, which is oh. save your marriage before it starts. Boom. Yeah. Right there. Dang. That's why. Save your I marriage before it starts. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, your response. I, I'm going to go with that, but I'm going to piggyback it with the, they like ask you all these questions and say, what did you think about this? Who's going to do this in your um, relationship? Who's going to do that in the relationship? I think it helps so much. It will catch all your blind spots. Well, not all your blind spots, but it will catch like, a lot of blind spots. Right. It'll help you so much. Uh, yeah. It's like warming up before you go play a game of basketball. Like, yeah. If you don't do the warm up, your game might not be as good. Yep. Mm-hmm. They'll ask you questions you won't ask yourself. Yeah. It's good to get it out there. All right. Yep. Super fast. What is a good way to break up in a healthy way? If you realize I'm I've got this significant other and I think they actually according to this list they might be a jerk. How do I break up in a healthy way? Hey, Super fast. God doesn't want me to be dating you. <laughs> <laughs> just like That's this is so hard to answer fast. I'm going to date but Jesus. That is really hard. What I will say is, don't do it over text. Do it in person. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's my my piece of advice. Do it in person. Whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in reality, if if you've done it well in this process, it's really easy to break up a. Re- in a relationship because it's a recognition of like, Hey, we don't fit together. We've done this right. We don't have baggage. We don't have all this extra bondage between us. And you can just simply say, it's just not the right fit. Okay, But it, it's like, if that person's a jerk, so they may not recognize all of these statements and these, like they might not recognize and see eye to eye with you. So how do you break up with someone that doesn't quite see eye to eye with you or share the same values? You should do it with, okay, I'll give, Here's a great in that case, do it over a text. Yeah, no, I actually will bring clarity into this because we've been in youth ministry for a long time and we've had people that have said, I know I need to break up this person up with this person and they go and meet with them. And then you see them the next day and you're like, so how did it go? And they're like, well, we're still together mm-hmm. because like, you've got to go into that with it. And he brought us some really good points. He, why we should still be together. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. You got to go into it with like clarity. You yes. got to go into it with direction and purpose. And then I would also like, don't hang out with them for four and a half hours to explain it. Go mm-hmm. in. This is what's happening. This is what's going on. And here's somebody that loves you and can support you. Here's mm-hmm. my stance. All right. And then back out. That's good practical go. input. Okay. Yeah. Good clean break. You do it in person. Yeah. yeah. Keep it short. Yeah. And, to the point. And let someone else know. Like if I was breaking up with someone today, I would let somebody else know that's in their life yep. and say, can I'm you. I'm a little insecure right now. I'm not going to break <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> can you go after so-and-so, I'm going to break up with them in the next hour. Can you call them and check on them? Actually, call me at this time so I can get out of that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, but I mean, I totally, think it's yeah. important to help, especially if they're not well-connected. I think it's important Hey there, buddy. Heard you got dumped. Yeah. It's not really surprised any of us. You, <laughs> can I just say that 
if you are the breaker upper, you are not responsible for that person's life. That's right. Or their that, feelings. Yes. Sorry, mistakes are made. Own up to your own mistakes. Apologize oh, yeah. and apologize well. But don't think that, well, he's really having a hard time with this. So I'm going to yeah. stick around for a while. I have literally watched people get married because of that. Yep. And I think, bad reason to get married because you just felt bad for the person. I think uh, along the lines of a clean break is you should kindly explain, we have to cut communication. We have to yeah. cut time together because if you are feeling bad or you're feeling guilty or, you know, maybe they're reaching out to you all the time, like that is super unhealthy and you're yes. not, you're not allowing them to move on. You're not moving on. You're not guarding their heart. And now you're just creating this long drawn out arduous thing. Yes. And so it's better if you are very upfront and say, Hey, I know this will be tough, but we have to cut communication off. You cannot text me. You cannot call me. Mm -hmm. Here are some people you can reach out to. These are some people I know that would love to talk to you, but I am not one of them. Yeah, that's good. I got to chime in on this. So especially if you've been dating a while and you're realizing, ooh, they do not match the criteria. What you do not want to do is go to them and say, you don't match the criteria. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> you don't, don't measure do up. It. What you do is you go and you apologize. You repent for leading them on in a relationship that was not well-timed because of you. Yeah. Like it, the whole, it, the, the classic, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> it, it, but it, you really got to legitimately see this. Like I... I have been dating you when I shouldn't have because I have some things that are out of priority in my life. My life with God should look like this, this, and this, and it does not right now. And I am not the kind of person that you should be in a relationship with. You should be in a relationship with somebody who is this, this, and this. And I need to work on developing my walk with God. Yeah. So God bless you. Don't call me. Here's a buddy you can call. Oh, in fact, like, he's going to call you in 30 minutes. I thought you were saying like, hey, don't call me Nate Swanson. Like <laughs> <laughs> That too. You know, you can take it you either way. Yeah. Feel free to chime. Feel free to call us. It's fine. All right. Cool. Good enough? Good episode. Okay. Okay. Thanks Twilight for the Talks. questions, guys. Yeah, if thanks you have for any questions. I hope you've enjoyed Twilight Talks with Aaron. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that just puts him right to sleep. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pray for our listeners. We're going to call it a night slash day. Whenever you're listening. For yeah. us, it'll be night. Nighty night. When, whenever you're listening. Okay. But for real, if you have questions, you should definitely send them in because it's fun to hear your questions. Where do they send them? You can email them to podcast at newcity.church. You can find us on Instagram at how to not marry a jerk and ask there. Or you, you can drop one on Spotify has a little oh, option to drop really? questions. Mm -hmm. Okay. And remember, as always, uh, like, follow, and share. <laughs> yeah. Have we ever said that? No. And you know what? So. If you pass us by, give us a high five. I'd rather something in person. Maybe that makes me 50. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do email us, make sure you spell church correctly. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> All right. Tom, you're the best. Dear Jesus, we love Tom. I pray you'd bless him <laughs> right now. Bless right him, now. Lord. Right bless now him. as he sleeps, Jesus. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that you would bless each of our listeners. Father, we're excited about just this whole journey of growing closer to you and maybe growing closer to a spouse. So, uh, God, I pray for humility in, the, in all of our hearts, God, just a, a vulnerability, a willingness to be challenged and changed by you, and uh, a willingness, God, to even re-examine the things that we've taught and believed. I pray that we'd see it all through the lens of grace. Lord, we know that you are faithful, that you are good, that you're the hero of every story, including ours. I pray that, I pray that revelation into the heart of everyone who's listening right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.